and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast. Uh, we recorded a full episode already. Uh, we're going to get into that uh, in just a few minutes here. But uh, a couple Heat tidbits happening um, Wednesday after we recorded uh, while Anthony was traveling out to Las Vegas for Summer League that we wanted to dive into. Um, two deals for the Heat. Well, really one, one in an in, Amendment, I guess. I don't know what we would call whatever happened with Victor Oladipo, but yeah. uh, he re-signs Caleb Martin, um, which was – he was hanging in limbo. You wrote about that on Monday. Um, just – obviously, he was a restricted free agent, so the Heat had some flexibility there. But uh, a couple of days had passed in free agency, and the Heat hadn't done a whole lot kind of waiting out Kevin Durant, as we'll talk about for the kind of large part of this episode. Um but on Wednesday, they finally get a deal done, bringing him back on a three-year deal. Uh, Victor Oladipo uh, changing a one-year deal to a two-year deal and makes a little bit more team-friendly. Uh, it obviously gives uh, Victor a little bit more of a long-term security. Um, let's start with the Caleb Martin move, though. Um, I think both of us expected that at some point the Heat were going to bring him back. Um, and so not a huge surprise that, that they get it done now. Uh, what do you think of that deal? I think it's fair for both sides, right? I think it's pretty good yeah. value for the Heat. I mean, three years, it's fully guaranteed, so that's good for Caleb. He has some guarantee, yep. you know, $20 million. That's it's always good, especially yeah, for Three years, made, $20 million, So Yeah, especially for a guy who made, you know, a little under $3 million for his entire NBA career to get $20 million guaranteed. That's a win for him, and it's a win for the Heat because they get a guy who's young, who has some upside, who has, in just one year, like, seems to develop quite a bit in their system. Um, and now they lock him up for three years at a you know six million dollar salary, seven million dollar salary on average is um, pretty pretty good value. Um, I think for a player like Caleb, who you would think is only going to get better as this contract goes on, uh, at least you would hope so. So not too surprised, you know. I think that was kind of the missing puzzle piece of like how this offseason was going to play out. Obviously, other than kind of taking Kevin Durant out of this equation right now because we don't know what's going to happen with him. But for the Heat situation, like what were they going to use the exception on? They use it on Caleb at this point, unless they make a trade for the, whether it's Kevin Durant or some smaller piece, they pretty much round out the roster now with minimum contracts. So, um, yeah, this is one of the bigger, bigger dominoes that we were waiting uh, to fall. Yeah, it was um, once they lost PJ Tucker, I think we knew that, yeah. that Caleb was going to have to be the guy. Um, there was no I mean, you look at the free agent market and there's not anyone out there who's an obvious better option for the Heat. Uh, like you said, just they're kind of stuck with just having to fill out the roster with minimum guys now. Uh, you know, maybe you can get a, a guy who takes a huge discount uh, to come play in Miami and, and chase a ring and that kind of thing. Um, but the trade, I think, you know, and again, we're going to talk about this in the in the large part of this episode, but it's all about the trade market where he kind of always is like going back pretty much as, as far as this team has been chasing championships, the, the way they've typically found the best ways to improve has been uh, via trade. And, and it's the same, whether it's going to be Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell or something smaller at the trade deadline, that that's how this team is going to get better between now and playoff time next year. Yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, is Caleb the starting part forward uh, unless the he played two centers, right? I mean, it would seem like, yeah. Caleb is the starting power forward. Um, yeah, it's I mean, either Caleb or they make a trade and the roster right. changes, right? So I think, um, I mean, if you're paying Caleb the kind of money that they're paying him, which is not a lot, but it's a right. you know it's a real contract, 
that's a guy it means you feel confident with him starting obviously he started at times last year um i, I don't think it's crazy that he's going to be the starter. i mean maybe uh like i we're going to talk about at the very end hey would highsmith like maybe he you know the heat are not afraid to start like a guy who's not clear you know he's clearly not one of their five best players like could there be yeah. a guy who's just more of like a stylistic positional fit um luke babbage yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or yeah, you know, they've done it forever. You know, was, yeah. was it Goran just coming off the bench no matter what? Uh, when that that right. last year, even when starting point guards were hurt because they don't want to change the rotation. Um, yeah. But I think Caleb's clearly like he's gonna be a contender to be on the court at the end of games, right? And you know, Victor Oladipo, which I guess we can pivot over to him, is the other option there, right? Where he's, you know, he's not gonna start probably, right? Unless you play a really small lineup all of a sudden, but you know, the Heat got two guys who they trusted in the playoffs, especially Victor Oladipo, brought them back. Um, you know, losing P.J. again is going to hurt. But um, I think there's the Heat's thought process has to basically be. Um, and again, just knowing that they're they're looking for a big swing, obviously, in, in the trade market, whether it's Kevin Durant or maybe someone else. But uh, they're. Their hope that if they're going to basically run this back without PJ is is Caleb. It continues his improvement, and as you said, in one year in the Heat system, he goes from being a two-way guy at the start of the year to um, you know probably one of the more improved players in the NBA. Um, and Victor Oladipo, just the more you know, even by the end of the playoffs, he looks like a way different guy than he did when he uh, first came back from that knee injury, a full year away from from injury, like. It's just going to keep getting better. Um, and so explain this this contract they made, what what the implications are, I guess, mostly tax wise. Obviously, it yeah. means he could be in Miami for two years. Uh, just explain the, the nuances of this deal and what it means for Miami going yeah. forward. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really comes down to avoiding the tax, not because, you know, obviously the he would rather not avoid it, it would not pay, would not want to pay the tax, but also just because. If you're going to be like they were going to be just over the tax, right? And as we know, the repeater tax, we've talked about it a lot. Like that's yeah. always an issue. Not They don't face it this year, but you still don't want to start that clock if you don't have to. So I get it, right? Um, so basically, the, you know, Victor Oladipo was reportedly going to sign a one-year $11 million contract. That's what he agreed to last week. Um, the side, Both sides agreed to restructure the contract today to a two-year deal worth – Still working through this, but the belief is in the range of about 18 million, okay. um, which gives them like an 8.5 million dollar salary this season. So you shave off 2.5 million off his salary um, this season, gives them room to pretty much add one more guy. Maybe they go move forward with 14 entering next year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's Udonis Haslam uh, as that 14th guy. Um, so. You know, it, 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 it's good for both sides. Victor gets long-term, a little bit of long-term security, like you mentioned. You know, either, you know, things, worst-case scenario, he doesn't play well or, God forbid, he gets injured again. Right. He, can, he can opt into that, you know, $9 million salary in that second season. But if he overperforms, you know, outperforms that, that salary, then he can, get, he can opt out and enter free agency next year. Um, and for the Heat, they're able to have a little more wiggle room against the tax and, I guess, against potential hard cap. If they do end up, you know, doing a sign-and-trade or spending more of the exception money, that gives them a little more wiggle room with that as well. So makes sense for both sides. Um, interesting wrinkle. I don't think we've seen that many times where a guy <laughs> renegotiates his contract or a team renegotiates the contract before sign, you know, in between agreeing 
and then a week later we in signing it. But um, you know, I think it made sense for both for both parties. Yeah, and people get kind of feel like get caught up in the tax stuff. Like, why are they not paying the yeah. tax? All that. I mean, if the Heat if they trade for Kevin Durant, like, then yeah, they'll probably wind up paying being over the tax threshold. Mm-hmm. I would like so. This is basically like you know if. For whatever reason, we can't get Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell or one of these high-paid guys. Doesn't sound like we're gonna get Bradley Beal anytime soon since he has a no-trade clause. Um, but the uh, it, it, this, you know, if if whatever if they go through the whole season with this roster, like then you know, it, is it a, if you're a contender, you should be willing to pay the tax. But like you said, if you can find a way around it, you might as well. And then again, if we get to uh, November and all of a sudden the Heat trade for uh, Kevin Durant. Like <laughs> Mickey Harris is fine with paying the, the the luxury tax for a team that has Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, and Tyler Hero or whatever. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. Can, you, can we start that? I got I got distracted there by a text. Hey, fine. Apologize. What were you saying? Three. Uh, I'll do it. I'll just do the last point again. Okay. Okay. Three, okay. Two. One. If we get to November and all of a sudden the Heat trades for Kevin Durant, like Mickey Harrison's fine for paying a luxury tax for a team that yeah. has Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler yeah. and Tyler Hero or whatever. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The point is like the Heat were gonna if they were gonna build out this roster the way you know with that one year eleven million dollar contract, like they were gonna be whatever one point five two million into the tax, which it's not a huge tax bill really. So it's not yeah. like the Heat are like trying to avoid this massive tax penalty that they're going to face. It's just more about, like I said, avoiding that clock. Because if you do get a Kevin Durant, if you do get a Donovan Mitchell next year, you're going to be a tax team, right? So right. the longer you can avoid starting that clock, the better. So I totally get why the Heat would, if they could, they're so close, why not just avoid it? Yeah, and it's not like they're sacrificing a player. They're just doing some yeah. cap math, basically. doesn't some matter. Cap, some cap gym, gymnastics. Obviously, like, yeah, I guess if, you know, Victor... You know, doesn't play well or again gets injured again like yeah it's dead money that's going to be on their cap um but that's a risk they take right you know i think the expectation is victor is going to play well he's probably either going to play like a, a play like a player who who deserves that money or really like exceed it and not yeah because the salary cap rises every year and stuff yeah like that, and, so. and he's a good, and he's a good player like he's a he's a useful player a two-way guy who you would think is going to be better than he was last year just because he has a healthy offseason now yeah. to work on his game and his body. All right, uh, let's finish up this part of the episode and get into the fun stuff where we talk about Kevin Durant, Nikola Jovic, uh, lots of fun stuff in this episode. So uh, stick around and uh, we'll see you on the other side of this very quick break. Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up? There isn't much going on, David. I no, mean, we're going to do a lot of summer league talk today. Yeah. Is he a bust? Pat <laughs> lost his fastball. Um, Blow up the summer honestly, league team, 0-2. Honestly, I like we're so we're recording this on Tuesday. They'll actually play again this afternoon. Maybe I'll be able to catch a, a few minutes of it. Honestly, I've not watched a second of Summer League. I'm kind of like a, I'm strictly a Vegas Summer League guy. Uh, I don't know California Classic. Is that what this is called? California Classic. California Classic. Yes. Um, obviously, uh, Anthony is not there. He'll be out in Vegas by the time everyone's listening to this. Um, getting ready for the real Summer League. 
Um, but in all seriousness, there is a lot to get to this week, although a lot for the Heat, it's kind of a whole lot of nothing, and, and the story is the nothing so far. Um, obviously, P.J. Tucker is gone. Uh, Victor Oladipo and Dwayne Dedman are back. That's pretty much all the Heat, like, adjacent moves that have happened so far, right? I'm not missing... No, that's it. Uh, they signed they signed Nikola Jovic to his rookie contract. Right, signed Nikola Jovic, but no, none of their uh, free agents have gone elsewhere, and they've not signed any other free agents other than, like we said, PJ and uh, yeah. Vic and Deadman. Um, there's a, a big uh, seven-foot, uh, <laughs> very slender reason for that, um, I think. Um, maybe also, um, I don't know, a, a six-one reason for that potentially also i don't know how tall donovan mitchell is but uh obviously i i utah traded rudy gobert and seems i think they've there's been reporting that they're not intending to trade donovan mitchell but uh i don't know once you kind of start blowing it up you you tend to blow it up all the way so i I think that name is going to be out there for a long time this offseason too um i don't know maybe we'll i'll let you get your jovich thoughts out at the end uh, of this episode, but let's let's start with free agency. Um, it's a holding pattern, and I think we both agree it's all because of Kevin Durant, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, whenever you think you have a shot at Durant, you got to take it, right? Even if yeah. it means watching uh, T.J. Warren and all these forward options come off the board, like, yeah, if the Heat strike out, which I would say is probably more likely than not, right at right. this point, yeah. like. Chances, I mean, I think they have a shot, and and they must think they have a shot to be waiting into day six of free agency between, you know, from making any significant moves or addressing the hole at power forward. You, if they really didn't think they have a shot at Kevin, they would have filled yeah. that need already. You know, and K, K, uh, Caleb Martin, probably his situation would be resolved as well. But we're standing here on Tuesday as we record this on day six, really with no heat activity from the outside. Um, since Thursday night, um, and it is pretty much all because of Kevin Durant. And I, I get it. I, I, I think I agree with the risk they're taking. Um, yeah, if they don't get Durant, they're probably going to take a step back. Like, they're probably not going to be as good as last year because, I mean, T.J. Warren signed with the Nets today, I think, on a one-year deal. Obviously, Caleb Martin is out there. He could address the need you have at power forward, but Caleb Martin was on the team last year. How are you upgrade? How are you kind of replacing the – P.J. Tucker's roster spot. Right, that's there's, the question. There's Blake Griffin, there's Carmelo Anthony, there's, I guess, Markeith Morris might be, actually, like, makes sense at this point, because mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a four who could shoot a little bit, he could defend multiple positions, maybe he's the guy you bring back along with Caleb, um, but, again, if they don't get Kevin, they're, they're not going to be, unless they make another trade, they're not going to be as good as they were last year, at least the rost- as roster-wise, when you kind of, like, grade the roster. So, but that's a risk they're taking, and I get it. You know, I, I think you gotta you gotta go for the whale. You don't have many chances at a talent like Kevin yeah. Durant. They're not available much, so I totally understand why they're kind of putting everything on hold for that. Yeah, and I I think even even more important than the fact that the roster might not be as good because I I still I'm like you know they could be this roster could be better than it was last year if you know if assuming Jimmy is as good as you know doesn't yeah. Take that step. You know, you get the little in, internal improvement from Bam and Tyler. Like, th- this team could be just as good as last year. Bigger issue is, you know, the Celtics went out and got Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Um, 
the Bucks. Uh, they've got the Joe Ingles. Fortis, they added Joe Ingles, who will be out for most of the season. But Philly, got PJ, season. Philly got PJ. Philly got PJ. Um, the Hawks got DeJounte Murray. Right. Um, so a lot of their their peers in the East, um, aside from the Nets, who are kind of a mess, have found ways to improve. Um, but, but, but that's but, a big concern. But would you – I still think, and I, I wrote this in my mailbag because we want to read it at MiamiHerald.com this weekend. I'll put in that plug. I, I still think, even if they don't Kevin Durant and they just re-sign Caleb and they bring back a veteran – you know, they sign a veteran that's available in free agency at forward – the core of Tyler, Kyle, Bam, and Jimmy, still a top four team in the East. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, they're, and, we and said they wouldn't be out of the playoffs, right? There was a three three teams. Maybe the Sixers are are up yeah. in that top right. four now. Um, but there, you know, there's a clear cut top four, I think, in the East. Right. So if that's the worst case scenario, like again, I think you take that risk. You you either stay at your worst case scenario is you, you stay a top four team in the East. You're in the conversation for winning the conference or at least getting definitely home court in the first round if you stay healthy, or you get Kevin Durant and you're maybe the favorite to win the championship. Um, yeah. So it's totally understandable what they're doing. I, I'm more interested in that, what happens, I guess, after the whole Kevin Durant thing is resolved. Um, if the Heat don't get him right, you could say that he could trade Duncan the first round pick for Harrison Barnes. Or some yeah. of the other guys who've been talking about expiring deals, but I would say, and tell me if you agree with this, David. Like, if I'm the Heat, I don't trade any assets for a guy like Harrison Barnes. As much as he would maybe bring you up, you know, maybe be a kind of a wash with PJ, and he'd help fill that spot. I, I wouldn't do it because what if Donovan Mitchell requests to trade in three months, right? And you traded a first round pick that you need to get a deal done for a star, or Duncan, whose salary you need. For salary matching, salary matching purposes, for Harrison Barnes, I I don't think I would take that chance. I would just kind of sign who you need to sign for agency, and move forward and keep your assets for the next guy who becomes available. Because there's always going to be a next guy. We know that. Um, yeah. So I, I I mean I'm interested to see if the Heat really do like to say okay that's it we're gonna we're gonna trade a, for one of our picks, and Duncan for Harrison Barnes or for I don't know John Collins or some of the other guys Jay Crowder right has been a name that's been floated out there. If I'm the Heat, I don't think I'd do any of that um, because you need to keep all your as many picks as possible open um, for the next star who becomes available. Yeah, I'm in 100% agreement with you. I know, like, naturally, we're, it's not just Heat fans, not just NBA fans. We live in a world where, like, there's just an insatiable thirst for news, basically, right? It's the way, like, social media has poisoned all of our brains is, like, no news in everyone's mind is bad news um, right. where, you know – I think the long history of the NBA fucks against that notion. Uh, no news, you know, patience is kind of historically the most important, you know, rather than you don't, I mean, you think back to the, after the, the uh, 30 and 11, right. And they went and spent all that money to keep like, I mean, I know they weren't upgrading that year, but they were like, we got it. Like we've got something. We got to. We got to make moves. We got to give all this money out. And obviously, it's the one kind of dark spot the Heat have had in the last thirty years, essentially. Like the Heat know they have something good. They know that if they run it back, um, they'll be pretty good. They, I, I think they probably know. Probably not going to win a championship if they run it back. But I don't think their plan is to run it back. I, I think uh, whether it's Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell or if both of those fall fail, yeah. if neither of those come through, then there's a move to make. But I don't think there's any rush right now. Um, 
you because again, if you don't get Kevin Durant, let's say Kevin Durant gets traded this offseason, which I don't even think that's a guarantee right now. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant gets traded this offseason. That sets off another domino. What happens to Kyrie? Or, or, you know, who does Kevin Durant get traded to? What does that team need to make a move? Um, you don't want to spend money just for the sake of spending money. And I think the Heat are in a, in a good position where they don't need to do that. That that 30 and 11 team, they kind of needed to spend money because they're kind of hopeless for a little bit there, right? There, there was no Jimmy Butler on the roster. There was no clear indication that this team was going to quickly be a contender. Um, this Heat team, if they don't do anything, they're going to be a contender. We've, we've seen it now across the last three seasons. Um, you know, I don't think there's a clear superpower right now. Maybe wherever Kevin Durant goes becomes that clear favorite. And, you know, it's going to be tougher, I think, last year than it was – or this year than it was last year because you're going to have – the Clippers will be back. Like I said, the Sixers look like they're going to be better. Um, you know, there, there's four good teams in the East. The Celtics probably improved by getting Brogdon. Um, but I, I think no matter what, the Heat are going to be pretty good next year. Very good next year. Sure. And when you're this good, you're trying to get the move that gets you to championship level because, you know, marginal upgrades are nice, but uh, the big, sw- you know, what's the marginal upgrade between being the second best team in, like, if you get Harrison Barnes, th- this team goes from being, let's say they're the second best team in the East because that's where they finished last year. They go from being the second best team in the East to second best probably team being East. the second best team in the <laughs> yeah. East. Like, yeah. you're trying to get that. You're, you're, you're better. You're closer. You, the gap is probably a little closer, right. but you're really trying to become the best team in the East, best team in the league. And and Kevin Durant does that for you. Donovan Mitchell does that for you. Um, you know, who knows who else is going to become available. I, again, I still would not touch Kyrie with a 10-foot pole if I'm yeah. the Heat. But, but Bradley Beal, I mean, you, maybe you Bradley know Beal, it's, I mean, season, but, it's going really bad. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, yeah. and, and by the way, his value is probably a, probably a little bit easier to get him than it was. Uh, two years ago when these Bradley Beal rumors first popped up because that contract is kind of onerous. Like you're probably not being at the wizards at some point are going to want to get off that deal. Probably like there, there are options out there. I'm not panicking about the heats off season until the trade deadline is kind of, yeah. that's, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, I know heat fans are going to panic in like two weeks. Let's say if Kevin Durant's in Phoenix and the heat just resigned Caleb and, Signed, I don't know, Blake Griffin, let's say, like, people are going to panic, They're like, oh, this team is going to step back, how could they wait, how could they wait out Durant, it, it cost them, you know, upgrading the roster, they lost PJ, they didn't really address the need, but there's so much that can happen between now and February, right, like, it's yeah. not about what your roster looks like right now, it's about what your roster looks like. Yeah, again, what the know, roster looks like right now is good enough to have you yeah, probably in the all. top four by the trade deadline, that's where you need yeah. to be. That's where you need to be, right, and then you're still in position, you still have the assets available, to make a move for a guy if someone becomes available, if a star becomes available. And that's really all you can do. And I think that's what they hear, you know, they're A, they're not trying to be hard capped, right? So they're not using the biggest exception because they want to keep that flexibility to act on the trade market, mm-hmm. you know? And you see they unlock picks in that deal with Oklahoma City at the trade deadline this year, right? You know, they sent KZ over there because it opened up, it, it increased their flexibility as well in the trade market. So you kind of see what the Heat is thinking at this moment. Like, they know they need to get better, right? And they want to make a big move. They don't know what that big move is going to be. I'm sure they didn't know Kevin Durant was going to be available a month ago, right? I don't know if anybody right. did. Yeah. And But they're in position to be in conversation. And that's all you can ask for as a fan, I think. And as an executive, like you want to be, be able to say, we can get this done. We 
have the chance to get this done because we have the, the assets of necessary assets available to do it. Um, now, if you want to talk about trade offers, David, like, I guess the first question is, would you be willing to include, not both, because I, I think both of us would agree we wouldn't include both Bam and Jimmy into a trade for Kevin Durant, but would you be willing to include one of those guys in a trade for Kevin Durant? Yeah, I mean, I have a hard time imagining they would trade Jimmy Butler. Um, like, karma-wise, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, and like, I don't know, like, Jimmy and, and Kevin Durant, like, that is the... You know, like when we talk about marginal upgrades, Kevin Durant for Jimmy Butler is more than a marginal upgrade, right? You're probably the favorite in the East, but like, yeah. you know, like you're going from what I think we agree, Jimmy's like the ninth or tenth best player in the league to the second or third best player in the league, basically. Second, yeah. third, fourth, somewhere around there. Like, that's a big deal. But I, I mean, if you can swap Bam for him, and again, we're both really high on Bam. Obviously, he is kind of the future of this team. Uh, the reason you keep Bam is because you think Bam will is not just the perfect complimentary piece right now as you chase a championship, but the building block that keeps you as a contender for 10 years. Um, but Bam is something like the 25th best player in the league, right? right? Like, you can upgrade that into, in, into Kevin Durant. I mean, that's a no-brainer to me. And obviously, you know, it's complicated because of this rookie exception rule that everyone seemed to find out about, uh, I think, from Bobby Marks. Yeah, <laughs> from Bobby Marks put it out there. Yeah. Um, it is that that makes it complicated. Ben Simmons would have to be involved in the trade in some capacity, whether the Heat get him back in the deal or he goes right. elsewhere, or or Bam goes elsewhere and and it's a yeah. three team deal. There's ways around it. Just more, it just complicates it. But more. I yeah. I'd have a I would have a hard time doing it with Jimmy. Partially, it's like the sentimentality part of it, like you said, the yeah. karma part of it. Um, and just the fact that you put Bam and or you put Jimmy and, and Kevin Durant together and you're probably the favorite to win the championship. Whereas I think if you have Bam and Kevin together, maybe the championship, but it's not as, as like you're not as clear cut above Golden State or, or whoever it might be. Um, so I would part with Bam, I, I think, no doubt. And again, that's like no disrespect to Bam. I think Bam is like. Obviously, he's on track to be one of the great players in Heat history, and and there would obviously be some sentimentality there too. Um, you know, they all expect his name's going to be up in the rafters. He's going to be a Heat lifer, all that kind of stuff. Um, the heir to Udonis Haslam in some ways, right? Like, but um, I don't know when you can get Kevin Durant. Like, you're if you have Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler together for the next three years or whatever. I don't know what Jimmy yeah. exactly how much is left on Jimmy's deal. You're going to win a championship in all likelihood. Yeah, you're going to be definitely in a title conversation each of those yeah. years if those guys are healthy. I have to think that the Heat are, and this is not news, but I have to think that the Heat are trying to get this done without trading. Bam. Oh, yeah, certainly. I think that's the priority. And again, and part of it is how it complicates it if Bam. It complicates it. Yeah, and that's what makes it tough like, for the Heat. If yeah. you have Bam, Jimmy, and Kevin Durant, I mean. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that pick three is very comparable to the Heat's previous pick three, I think. I mean, I don't think that's crazy, like, to say. Like, yeah. Dwayne Wade, Bosch, and LeBron were obviously yeah, I mean, hell of a big three. A little bit worse than the big three were at the time. Although by the end of the big three, Dwayne was kind of breaking down a little bit. But you know, I mean, Bam is pretty comparable to Chris Bosch. I know offensively he's not as yeah. good, but and Kevin is, is you know obviously LeBron at that point was probably as good as anyone has prime. ever been yeah. in basketball. But yeah, Kevin Durant is you know we're talking about two of the 15 best players of all time. Yeah, and then, yeah. But I, I I want to talk about that scenario, right? Like. So if the Heat are really trying to keep Bam and Jimmy, I, I don't know. To answer the, my own question, I don't know if I would trade Bam for KD. 
because of the age factor. I know uh-huh. you're going all in now, but I just don't know what that like. What would that group look like as far as a post presence if we trade Bane? Like is That's Omer true. Yurt seven the center? Is Dwayne? Well, Bain yeah, the some guys like I guess if Bam's in the deal, then you probably get yeah. Yurt, but yeah, but so it, let's say they try to keep Bam and Jimmy. Can can they come up with a package good enough to entice the Nets into a trade? It probably is going to take a third or fourth team to like include more assets in the deal that goes to Brooklyn to make it a, a, big, a big enough offer for Brooklyn to even consider it. But if it's a straight two-team trade, a package of Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, three first-round picks if you can amend the protections on the pick you still OKC, which I think is possible. I think they could do that. And then three pick swaps is probably the best they could do. And then maybe a couple, if they want like a Gabe Vincent or an Omar Yurt 7 as a like filler, but like as a you know upside player on a minimum yeah. contract, you could throw them in there as well. Uh, but that's probably the best they can do. Is it, you know, on the face of it, it's like that's, you know, for Kevin Durant, that's not nearly enough. Um, but I think everything comes down to how much leverage does KD really have in this, right? Like I know he has four years left on his deal, but he still has leverage. Like, he could, Cleveland can make an offer for Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant could back channel and say, I'm not playing for you. You could trade Garland and Mobley for me if you want and all your young assets and picks, but you're going to trade for me, and you're going to get someone who's not happy and is not going to not going to want to play. Mm-hmm. So that's going to scare teams away. So is Phoenix – like are Phoenix and Miami the only two teams on his list? So far, that's all we know, right? Those are the two teams that have come out. If that's the case – Miami's really only com- competition is Phoenix. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe surprisingly, the Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Dr. Robinson package is enough with three picks, three pick swaps, and maybe he get a third team in there and get, get another pick to Brooklyn. Maybe that is enough. But I think the missing like puzzle piece in all this is, are Phoenix and Miami really the only two teams yeah. Kevin Durant would consider playing for? Because that means a lot, and that would change a lot of kind of thinking of what's going on behind the scenes. Well, I think it's also not just are those the only two teams he would play for or like he would he would whatever he wants to play for would go 100 percent for. Um, it's a question of what do the other te- teams think? Does Cleveland like you, you say Cleveland does yeah. Cleveland think sure he doesn't want to play for us now, but we trade for him. He gets to play with Darius Garland and all of a sudden he's like, oh, this is like kind of fun to play with all these young guys. Um, Toronto is another team that's kind of been brought up a lot yeah. like. I mean, it's very similar to obviously the gamble Masai took trading for Kawhi. Obviously, that was a one-year deal, so it was a little bit different. Um, but you know, when Kawhi got traded to Toronto, I think there was like a overarching consensus around the NBA of like, is he even gonna like play? Right? Like, he, I, at that point, it was all about he wanted to play in LA. Like, was he gonna be kind of the pro? Obviously, we didn't have the Ben Simmons corollary yet, but. There was the idea, like, is he, like, is this gonna work? It was a total gamble. Could they do the same thing with Kevin Durant? Could New Orleans is another name that's been out there a lot. And you put, you get Kevin Durant in a building with Zion, like, is he all of a sudden gonna be like, oh wow, like, yeah, we're gonna be a contender here for like four years, and I can be the guy here. Like, there's gonna be teams all across the NBA that I think, even if right now he doesn't think he wants to play for them, and maybe he never will, there are gonna be teams. Maybe Brooklyn included that think if we just get if he's on the roster at the start of training camp and he shows up with all these guys we have, 
Um, and, you know, Kevin Durant, he's not going to sit out with four years left on his deal, I don't think, right? I, I don't think there's that. Maybe yeah. he will. That would be obviously, like, unprecedented and go fly in the face of everything Kevin Durant, like, proclaims to stand for and be about. I mean, Ben Simmons um, just did it pretty much. Yeah. But it'd be different for, like, Yeah, but he's Kevin Ben Simmons. We're yeah. talking about Kevin Durant and the yeah, guy yeah. all about, you know, all I ever talks about, all I care yeah. about is his ball, like, all that stuff. Um. There's going to be teams across the league who I think are going to take that gamble because worst case you have Kevin Durant with three years left on his contract, and you can trade him somewhere else. You can trade him for a, a bunch yeah. of assets yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. No, it, it is true, but it is a deterrent, right? Like no, it teams are is. like yeah, I'm sure I mean, like, like, like like Minnesota if they thought that they had a chance to get Kevin Durant, I don't think they're making that Rudy Gobert trade, obviously, right? Like there there right. are some teams out there that just when he puts the word out there that he's got a list or, you know, he's got preferences. There's 10 teams or whatever across the league. They're just crossing their, they're like not worth yeah. the, not worth the headache, not worth, not the, worth the risk of trading yeah, assets. Yeah, for a guy like, who doesn't want to be here, you know, like Atlanta, really trading, same way, you know, yeah. although that yeah. obviously that trade happened before, but still like yeah. if they had an inkling by then, I'm sure there was an inkling that Kevin Durant might be available um, across the league. Like they're not making that trade if they think they can get him like, there, there's teams that are crossing their names off the list. Right. You're like Minnesota is not trading Anthony Edwards for the chance of Kevin Durant maybe playing for you and being happy. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a one of the best young assets in the NBA. You're not just giving away for even though it's Kevin Durant for a guy who doesn't want to play for you. Right. So it really controls a lot of the conversation of what's his thinking behind the scenes. And um, that's really what we don't know. It's, I think it's interesting that really not much has leaked out. Over the like past week, ever since like the trade demand, not much has leaked out. Like, I, yeah, they're really keeping it close to the vest. There's there was a report um, yesterday, I think, from the New York Post, I believe. I hope I'm re- saying this right. And Brian Lewis, um, who said that the Nets have kind of relayed to teams that they're willing to take this into training camp, like if they don't yeah. get the offer. Which is, yeah, I, that's the other question. Like, how long is he willing to wait? Right? Like, how long can they wait? I guess if they have a, if they tell Kata, like, look. Gonna take care of you, but we need to take care of this first. Maybe that's something that's I don't know. Um, but Caleb, and he's a restricted free agent, so that gives him some more time, right? Right. Whenever the he two, signed, agrees with someone, but they yeah. will week, I think, to match. Is that right? Or it's a two day. It's a two day clock that starts. Two day clock. It, 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 he hasn't. Uh, that we know of, he hasn't signed an offer sheet with anybody. Right. But it would start tomorrow, basically, if he if he agreed with a team like today mm-hmm. or or Wednesday. It would start Wednesday at, afternoon. Uh, when the moratorium is lifted. Right. So they have based until at least Friday to make a decision on Caleb. Um, so that buys them more time, right? Um, but how long is he going to wait? They haven't. They have 12 guys in the roster, so the roster is almost full. Udonis, if he comes back, is 13. Caleb, if they can get him back, is 14. So I guess they could think they could say, well, our roster is pretty much done, but we're just waiting to see what happens with Kevin Durant. If that doesn't work, then you know we bring back Caleb. Udonis is 14, and you sign a 15th player, but like at some point the Heat are gonna have to have a deadline of okay we're not yeah. gonna wait another week we gotta resolve this with Caleb like we can't wait much longer he's gonna sign with another team and they have to know what the roster is gonna look like to move forward so um, yeah I, I don't know the answer to that question um, because this could drag on for a while um, but the Heat must have a better feel for maybe how long this could take and if it's possible this could get done in the coming days. Everything feels like it's waiting on a Kevin Durant trade. Everything across the league yeah. to an extent, right? So the Kevin Durant trade happens. Um, maybe that spurs the Donovan Mitchell trade. 
Um, and maybe that spurs, you know, right now, Brooklyn is not rebuilding yet. Um, but they might soon be. If they trade Kevin Durant and Kyrie, they're going to try to unload guys. Utah, whenever they trade Donovan Mitchell, they're going to try to unload guys. Like, all of a sudden, there's going to be more names available, right? These teams that are – Victor Weminyama is inspiring the tankathon in a way. Yeah. I don't think we've seen a guy do it since – I don't even remember. Like, I don't remember Zion? Did Zion – I don't remember teams really, like, tanking hard for Zion. Um, but yeah, maybe – Ben, ben Simmons a little bit, it. I guess. Yeah. Well, that was just because it was Philly doing it, yeah. right? Like, you know – like I'm just looking at some of these guys on on these teams' rosters, and obviously like Brooklyn, if they trade with the Heat, there could be other names. Like you know, would Joe Harris be part of the deal? Like there's just guys out there that that might end up being part of the trade package. But like I look at Utah and like Boyan Bogdanovich is in the last year of his deal. I've always been a big Boyan Bogdanovich fan. Um, Rudy Gay kind of fits that same yeah. type. He's the guy we've talked about for the Heat. Feels like forever, forever. on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, he has, uh, two years left on his deal with a player option in the second year. Um, you know, like there's going to be just more names that become available as these deals happen again, like, you know, and then, so those are two teams we know that if they make, if they trade their superstars, uh, Mitchell and Durant slash Kyrie, those teams are going to be selling pieces off. But we also, whatever teams those guys get traded to, those rosters are going to be changing too. So, but uh, like you said, if we get to training camp and Kevin Durant is still on the nets, if we get to November and Kevin Durant is still on the nets, the off season is over, but it's not really over because there's going to be a lot of movement. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think the Heat are expecting that. I, and that's why they don't want to go, they don't want to face the hard cap. I, I think they expect a volatile um, trade market. Um, yeah. And that was before, like, I mean, maybe they already had, like you said, an inkling that Kevin Durant was going to become available, but that was before the Kevin Durant, like, trade demand leaked and became public. Um, so, I mean, there are guys, again, Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, we still don't know, like, I think Damian Lillard's staying in Portland, yeah, right? Lillard. But who knows? I mean, you even look um, at some of the other bad teams around the league, like, depending on what, okay, like, could Shea Gittles Alexander ever become available? Like, there's just right. other good players on bad teams that are in full rebuild mode and eventually who knows you, know, you never know yeah you just don't know i mean i three months ago i would not have predicted kevin durant to become available after yeah. signing a four-year extension like you just it's the nba six months ago we would have been having this conversation about carl towns is the name we mentioned all now right. he's just signed a the giant deal and minnesota's gone all in like yeah. you never know right. and that means so little these days right like these extensions right, exactly. those extension right it's like would you be surprised if you requested trade in three months like four months and because they, they started one in eleven, no, I don't think I'd be like it's just stars have a lot of power in today's NBA, and whether they have one year left in the deal, three years, or with Kevin Durant four years, like they can get out of situations if they really want to. Um, and again, the Heat are trying to be in position to make a move for one of them. whoever it is. They're going to try to be in the game because they feel like just by adding whether it's Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, you add one of those guys while keeping Bam and Jimmy. You're one of the favorites to win the championship, yeah. and, I th- and the Heat knows that. Yeah, the, and the, the Gobert trade, I think, has probably thrown the market out of whack a little bit, too, uh, with the number of picks that Minnesota gave up to uh, get Rudy Gobert, who I think people are uh, skeptical of about skeptical about as a uh, guy who can help you win at the highest level. Um, 
That, that's pretty much the most picks you can give up, like in a trade. Basically, like, people are yeah. saying, "Oh, double the picks and stuff." I guess you could by including more teams in a deal, right? For Kevin Durant, but you can only trade like picks seven years into the future, right? Right. So and you, you can only trade every other year. Yeah. Four picks and three swaps. Like that's the most you could do. Yeah. That's what the Timberwolves basically did for Rudy Gobert. Plus th- this year's first round pick. They drafted. Right. Yeah, the guy they just. Um, yeah. yeah. So. There isn't much better you could do. Like, I, yeah, Brooklyn might be expecting more because it's Kevin Durant, but there really isn't much more teams can offer as far as draft compensation. Yeah, I mean, the, what, how many picks can the Heat give up? It's two, basically? It's Right now they have two unprotected, but they, if they lift the protections the, on the 2025 pick, which I think they, they would be able to do if they need to, they can include three picks, three unprotected first-round picks in 23, 25, and, like, I believe it was one of three picks and then three, uh-huh. then three pick swaps basically and then swaps yeah. and then if you wait 30 days you could do the same thing and give yo put Jovic in the yeah. deal um, yeah. he just has to wait 30 days after he signs his rookie extension so yeah like that's gonna be the baseline right it's basically that and then it's like what can you give up Tyler here like can you give up another you know obviously if it's Jimmy or Bam maybe the the you don't need the, the same level of picks um, because you know the right. Wolves didn't give up anyone, anyone who's that type of asset. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, expensive for for anyone to to make a move. And part of that is going to be like if you wait it out and you get back, you know, like just say gets to the trade deadline, all of a sudden like there's more urgency, there's more um, that trade is further in the rear view where maybe people aren't like right now if they trade Kevin Durant and they get back less than Rudy Gobert, everyone's going to be like, oh my god, how did they like not get back <laughs> that much? Like, but in five months at the trade deadline or whatever, we're going to be having like a, it'll be a totally different conversation because things will have changed and all that. And again, it's not necessarily something the Nets should be concerned with. They should just be concerned with getting the best deal they can or, or keeping Kevin and gambling that he's going to play hard. And they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie and Ben Simmons, and you can still be pretty good. Um, but you know, it, it's just the way teams think. And uh, it's going to be a, uh, like we said, a longer off season, I think, than we anticipated, because I think it's going to go beyond the off season uh, before the Heat know what their roster is fully going to look like come playoff time next year. Yeah, it could be, and you would be willing to deal all those picks for Kevin Durant oh, if it didn't. If, it, if, if the offer didn't include Bam or Jimmy, like you'd be willing yeah. to give up basically mortgage your future just to go all in right now. You might be me. I mean, the Heat kind of got burned with LeBron and, Kevin, and Chris Bosh when they gave away all those picks that they didn't have picks for years, I felt like. And they'll do that. I guess they would do that again for Kevin Durant. Like, you would be willing to do it. Yeah, well, and then, like, you know, we're talking uh, – Donovan Mitchell will be the next name yeah. that comes up. Like, you don't think after Utah just got that huge cache of picks from oh, Minnesota? Oh, yeah, yeah. Minnesota, the like, price went up. He gave that offer, <laughs> and, I don't know, let's say they, th- like, it required Tyler Hero or something, like – they, you don't think they would do that if the Heat came to them and were like, you get this full rebuild going right now. You've got a young star to build, like whatever you want to call it out of here, whether he's a star or not. You got a young, really promising guy to build around. Um, like there's gonna, there's if even if they don't get Kevin Durant, the Heat are gonna be sitting pretty, I think, for Donovan Mitchell or like you said, Bradley Beal at some point or Damian Lillard. Like these teams that should be thinking rebuild. I don't know if the Wizards are thinking rebuild because it's not a very well-run organization, but um yeah they're the heat with those picks that are now available and a young guy like tyler hero like maybe that's not enough to get you kevin durant because he's one of the 12 best players of all time but it's enough to get you a guy like donovan mitchell or or whoever the next guy available is 
Yeah, I agree. I think the Heat, credit to them, like, they weren't in a position to really go after guys like Bradley Beal and stuff a few years ago. I know we've had this conversation yeah. many times. I'm like, did they, would they have enough? Like, they don't have enough to do a deal like that unless Bradley Beal just says he wants to be on the Heat. They don't have enough picks. They don't have the young asset. Now they do. Yeah. Right? Like, now they, they have. wasted time, right? Like, I think when yeah. they were struggling to put together a package like that, we were just like, all right, they're just going to be, like, okay for the next right. whatever. But, no, in that time that we've been waiting for them to build up their assets to take the huge swing, um, they have been to a finals, <laughs> been to an Eastern Conference finals. Been like, one game away from the final, right. They were in the yeah. finals three years ago, and we're one game away from the finals this year. So, yeah, I mean, and I, I think Heat fans, like, these are a message to them. If Kevin Durant does not come, don't panic. Like, this is still a really good team. Yeah, they might have taken a step back right now. Um, but all you can ask for is to be a, very good, right, which this team is, and also be at the same time in position to have enough to be in the conversation for the next star who becomes available. And the heat checks both of those boxes. Um, so I think you just got to be patient, see how this plays out, and then you you move forward from there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's wrap up quickly with some early summer league thoughts. Um, Nikola Jovic, not a great start to summer league for him. I think, you, like I said, you'll be out there for the Vegas summer league uh, starting later on this week, right? Friday or Saturday, I think, is the first game um, out in Vegas. So yeah. uh, you'll get an up-close look at Jovic. I think just the more he plays, the more comfortable he'll be. But uh, not, a, not a very uh, promising first two games, I guess. Yeah, I guess some of it's to be expected, right? Like, we can't have, like, these sky-high... I know we did, like, we yeah, were talking about last week. What, whatever pick he was, 27th yeah, pick. 27th pick, just turned 19, on like, less than a month ago. He's coming over from Serbia, like, said before, his, like, after our summer league practice, like, the biggest transition for him or biggest adjustment for him has been playing for a coach who doesn't speak Serbian. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's a it's yeah. not just a 19-year-old, right? It's a 19-year-old coming to a totally different country, culture, like, way of doing things like it's just different and that's going to be hard for anybody um so we'll see i mean we have to give him time but yeah it's been a little bit of a rough start for him i'm sure he's wanted to play better um he's had some moments right like he had a step back mid-range jumper that was nice you kind of saw some of the skill that the heat were attracted to that was like a one-handed hit ahead pass on a fast break that was pretty impressive considering he's almost seven feet tall um took you know took advantage of a switching defense and back down a smaller defender and Got an easy layup a couple times last game. Um, so there's been moments, but for the most part, it's been a little rough. Um, defensively, biting on shot fakes, um, again, to be expected for a young player. Um, but it's going to be, like, like we said, and what we expected, he's going to be a developmental player, right? Like he's yeah. not going to, he's going gonna to need some time. He might even need to play in a G League a few games uh, yeah. this year to kind of get some playing time. Um, but we'll see. I mean, let's see when Omar Yurt 7 gets here. The front court of Omar Yurtseven and uh, Nikola Jovic, how that looks. Um, and I would expect he'll be a little bit more comfortable as time goes on. Yeah, I think if his name wasn't so similar to Nikola Jokic, people wouldn't have such, like, people wouldn't be judging <laughs> him on such high, such a steep curve. Um, but 
Yeah, I think, you know, you can see, again, I've really not watched the game, just seen the highlights. Um, you can see, like, the skills that the Heat loved. I think, like, you mentioned the defense, um, and the jumper has not been good either, the three-point shot. Um, those are the two things, you know, you can still, still, what we've seen so far is you see the ceiling that the Heat envisioned for him, right? When you have those type of offensive skills at that size, that handle, um, you mentioned some of the IQ stuff, knowing to back down a smaller guy, um, mid-range jump. Like, he's got the stuff that are, like, those are the high-ceiling tools, basically. Um, the question was going to be, is he going to be good enough to play this, like, contribute this year? Which, you know, like you said, this is always developmental. The the, the It was going to be a bonus, basically, if he was going to be a good enough shooter and defender to give you eight minutes a game in the playoffs yeah. or whatever. That doesn't seem like it's going to be the case right now. Obviously, a long way to go, and, you know, playoffs are almost a year away and, and the full season in the G league and in the heat development and maybe some NBA experience could go a long way in that kind of time, especially for a guy that young. But right now I think the the story is you see the ceiling, um, but he's a long, long way from it. Yeah. I think that's well put, you know, again, like you said, there's a long ways to go. Right. And the heat, he's just been in the heat program for like a week, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on, like, Two days, Friday or three something? days ago, yeah, yeah something like Saturday, yeah. Um, so, but it, it, I think, yeah, it, this is whether he plays next year or not. Like, he's a developmental guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. he might have flashes. He might have some games where, um, when the Heater injured, he's played 20 minutes and he hits a few threes. And you know how Twitter gets? Like, they'll be call, calling for him to be in the rotation. Yeah, yeah. The KZ days, you know, when we every one good game he had and people wanted yeah. him to start. Um, I'm sure there'll be some of that. Um, but I think for the most part, you know, it's gonna take time, and and that's. Again, to be expected for a guy who's 19 and got picked number 27 in the first the first round. Um, so I don't think it's a surprise. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Um, like we said, Anthony will be in Vegas. Uh, we'll be in Vegas probably when you record next week, right? Or will you be back by then? No, I'll be – I should still be there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we'll come back next week. We'll do uh, – I'm sure there will be more free agency uh, talk. Obviously, he'd have to do something at some point. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe not well, something has to get settled yeah. with Caleb Martin, I think, at some point, whether it's the Heat losing him or right. keeping him. That feels like it has to happen eventually. Um, and then who knows? Maybe maybe someone will demand a trade and we'll have some something new to talk about. But if not, <laughs> we'll have plenty of summer league stuff to talk about. Um, real quick, anyone other than Nicola, for you know, I, I think a lot of people, holiday weekend, California Classic, people aren't locked in the same way they'll be locked in come Vegas summer league. Maybe I'm just. Um, uh, projecting here, but mm-hmm. who who are some of the guys that interested you other than Nikolajovic on the summer league roster from just watching those first two games? I mean, Haywood Highsmith, I think, is an NBA player. Yeah, he's played, we saw he played in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right, and he's played he's played like relatively well in his first two games. Just solid, like nothing flashy. Like he's not yeah. you're running not running your offense through him, but like he just makes good smart plays. A good versatile defender with a really long arms. Like he's he seems like a guy who could get minutes at forward this year if they really do just end up signing, re-signing Caleb and really not making a big-time addition. Like, Haywood Highsmith could play off the bench. Um, yeah. And last year, like, when I spoke with him, he's like, yeah, they're trying to, like, do some P- – like, develop me into kind of like a PJ, another P.J. Tucker, like, really good defensively, good shooting threes. So maybe he helps fill that role. Yeah. But he's a guy that I think has been I've been impressed with just his development and – a guy who looks like he's a, a real NBA player. And then another one, like among the undrafted guys, Kyle Allman Jr. Um, 
one undrafted in 2019, I think out of Cal State Fullerton. Has been playing overseas the past few years. He played in France last year. A guard. Um, good. Very good. Like, quick first step. Gets into the paint. Looks. I mean, he's played professionally for the last few years, so he has an advantage over some of these guys. But, like, knows what he's doing. Um, good playmaker. Pretty good shooter. Um, so, he's he's been one guy that's popped um, early on in the first two games. Yeah. Haywood Highsmith feels like he could be, like, the Max Struess of uh... – like I, I don't know if he'll be as good as Max Schroes, but just that yeah. that heat guy where like people are like, where the heck did this guy come from? But has been like kind of quietly developing in in the background, whether it's at summer league. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's fair to assume that he's gonna get a real shot next year. And those guys that he, you know, the really the only like bust they've had of like a guy who they've tried to give a mm-hmm. young guy they've tried to give an expanded role to and it hasn't worked has been. Um, uh, uh, KZ, and yeah. the, you know that's because he was drafted, so you were gonna like give him a shot. But everyone else, like, seems like they know when to give these guys a chance. And and High Smith is kind of the next in line, it, just based on you saw like the minimal minutes last year, that kind of thing. So building yeah. up in the right direction. And if you really, you're gonna, you might have a real big need at that at that spot. Yeah, too. He spot. was a COVID vine too, right? Wasn't he a guy they added? He was. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was one of the COVID like him patients. and Kyle guy were like, and, yeah. uh, and Mario Chalmers. Yeah, Mario Chalmers, right? Yeah, there was uh, Stauskas. Stauskas, Stauskas in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and I guess two other. I mean, obviously Omar Yurt Seven will be there in Vegas. Yeah, well, yeah. And then Marcus Garrett, who was on a two-way contract yep. for part of the season last year, impressed in summer league last year, got it. You know, obviously got the two-way from Miami, was waived when they signed Kyle Guy in January, but. Um, had wrist surgery, was rehabbing for the last few months, and is expected to play in Vegas. So he's another guy to watch because um, he clearly he has skill set. Yeah. yeah, they like him. He has an intriguing skill set. He's an accomplished college player. Um, so I think the summer league team will be better in Vegas because they're getting two, maybe two of their best players um, yeah. over there. All right. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. He'll be out in Vegas um, owning the crafts tables and uh, – Writing some summer league stories too while he's out there. Uh, we'll see if I have time. Yeah, we'll see how how much you're winning. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson too. Um, I've mostly been writing about Miami recruiting because uh, I know Anthony is excited about the way things are looking right now. I mean, when's the last time they got this like this amount of high caliber recruits? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a little bit. Like they they had a few really good re- recruiting classes recently. I want to. Yeah, well, the one like, they where they got like like the one last two years ago, whatever, with the James Williams and yeah. Taylor. That was like the Taylor, yeah. Florida. Um, the 18 class that did not pan out at all, but had like Mark Pope and right. uh, that that whole group. Lorenzo Lingard was the five star running back in that class. Yeah. A bunch of guys who like didn't really pan out, but yeah, they haven't got an offensive lineman like they haven't gotten a five star offensive lineman since Chantrell Henderson. So uh, getting the one on Monday, Francis Maigoa. Is uh, it's a pretty big deal. I don't know what it feels like to watch the Hurricanes with a good offensive line anymore. Like, like I, I don't know what that feels like. So yeah. that's going to be different if they actually have a really good offensive line yeah. in a couple of years. All right. Um, thanks, as always, for listening, everyone. And we will uh, talk to you next week. <laughs>